Vietnam is forecasted to be one of the fastest growing economies in the world, despite the impact of COVID-19. To understand the dynamics behind Vietnam's miracle growth, we meet with business leaders in our Vietnam Innovator series every two weeks to understand the future of work, how to build and lead teams in Vietnam, and how to make the most out of this once in a lifetime growth opportunity in this emerging market. We'd also like to give a big thanks to our sponsors, GeoHealth, our launch partner in this new series. As COVID wary shoppers seek safety from germs and cashless transactions, digital payments have boomed and where consumers go, businesses must follow. Bucking the trend, Vietnam's SMEs are stubbornly clinging on to the old way of doing things. But according to Winnie Wong, who we meet today, the country manager of MasterCard, there are early signs that contactless payments are going mainstream as digital transformation is becoming more widespread. In her interview with Vietcetera on our Vietnam Innovator series, Winnie explains how it's time to retire cash and how digitizing payments opens up ways for Vietnamese businesses to improve payment tracking, making cash flow more manageable and providing higher financial security. Hi everybody, this is Hao Tran, I'm the CEO of Vietcetera, and welcome to the Vietnam Innovator Series. Hello everybody, uh, we're super happy to welcome Winnie Wong. She's the country manager of MasterCard in Vietnam, Laos, and Cambodia, all of Indochina. Uh, we're inviting MasterCard and Winnie on the show today because we're really interested in exploring more about uh, the facets and the growth of fintech, digital payments, and the general macro economy. And what better than to hear from MasterCard, which is one of the largest uh, kind of payments processing companies in the world, technology companies. I'm sure they're processing trillions of dollars a year. They have a lot of insights uh, they could uh, possibly share with us today. Um, so welcome to the show, Winnie. Uh, we'd love for you to you. introduce yourself. Hi, good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm Winnie, and um, as Hao says, uh, I'm the country manager for MasterCard um, based in Vietnam, Ho Chi Minh. And I've been here for the last uh, couple of years now, um, leading the business here and across uh, Cambodia and Laos. And I'm very happy to share some insights so uh, with with you guys, hopefully, and learn from each other today. Cool. Yeah. So um, obviously, MasterCard's playing in a huge space. We've got um, a bunch of other players in the space, and, and and MasterCard is is one of those. Um, in Vietnam, though, it's it's been a market that historically has been a very cash based society. Yeah. Um, what kind of signals were MasterCard and, and your team seeing that? Um, kind of encouraged you guys to, to start in Vietnam uh, and for you to, to move here as well. I'm, I'm, you're Singaporean, I'm guessing? Yes. <laughs> so, um, well, so for us, for MasterCard, um, you know, we've been on uh, a path to drive, uh, you know, a world beyond cash. Um, so digitalization uh, of payments is where we've been focusing on uh, for the last 50 years and more so in, in the last, you know, five, 10 years where uh, we've really seen an acceleration uh, towards uh, literally uh, beyond cash. Um, so Vietnam, we've been here uh, for quite many years now. Um, our office um, has been very active in working with the regulator, uh, State Bank of Vietnam, with the banks, and now more so with fintechs also, uh, fintechs, e-wallets in the market, to really drive uh, digital payments um, here. 
And, um, you know, Vietnam for us has been one of the fastest growing uh, in the region, in Southeast Asia and also in Asia Pacific. So we've been very, very bullish about the signs and trends uh, that we are seeing, uh, starting from the regulators' push to drive cashless and the cashless agenda and vision mm. for the Vietnam government to the public-private partnership that we're seeing now uh, between us, the banks, uh, and literally the fintech players that are all coming together to drive this um, in markets. So um, a lot of um, exciting uh, initiatives that are happening. Yes, it's still very a cash-based economy, um, and we think still a lot of work still needs to be done. Uh, but I think the um, the the the, initi- uh, the the willingness to 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 push this forward, I think, is very very encouraging uh, for us. We also hope to bring a lot of um, uh, you know expertise from the region and global that we have learned from other countries to accelerate the growth um, in here. So that's some of the things that we're working uh, very directly here. Excellent. Yeah. And when you say growth, is that is that the volume of spending that's happening with Mastercard products in in Vietnam? Yeah. So growth. Uh, so it's not just only the spending on Mastercard, but even we see growth overall um, on non-cash. Um, you know, so it's not just on Mastercard, but even on um, any types of digital payments, mm. uh, but of course, specifically for us, uh, we've seen great growth um, ourselves here, and uh, we know that uh, at least for us, you know, this is only just the tip of the iceberg. We think that more will be coming too. Cool. Yeah. So when we think of Mastercard too, you know, we usually think of the credit card, the debit card, especially coming from uh, the West or a place like yeah. Singapore. Um, in Vietnam, uh, you know, credit cards are still fairly difficult to get, from what I understand. Like. Uh, credit limits are fairly low. Right. You know, debit cards. Well, debit cards are a bit more accessible. Um, like, what are, what are you guys doing in terms of adoption with these banks to to get more Mastercards in the hands of Vietnamese consumers? So that's a great question, and and uh, and and we get this a lot. Um, for us, actually, for Mastercard, um, we're not literally a credit card company and and this is what I like to tell people because we neither credit nor just only card Mm -hmm. uh, because it's the banks that give the credit so we don't determine the credit Um, and the banks will have the underwriting procedures etc to give the credit and honestly for us we're not limited by card anymore Mm -hmm. Um, as a company we've moved on to literally any digital payment we've Mm -hmm. been very active in promoting account to accounts uh, multi-rail strategy. So, for example, um, you know, previously probably, you know, if you have a card, you can only use it on the terminal, mm-hmm. or if a bank account, you can only, you know, transfer to a bank account. But we've been on the cutting edge of technology where uh, we're bringing solutions uh, to banks and fintechs and partners that a card can pay into a bank account, a bank account can pay into card. Uh, we've been very active in our acquisition of um, account-to-account payment capabilities. Mm-hmm and leveraging and managing that. So we actually identify ourselves as more as a payment technology company. And uh, and so we're really here to bring the um, capability to banks and fintechs. We see um, cards or be it, you know, debit cards, credit cards, you know, using phones, using watches, um, anything that may come, right? So we're on the forefront of innovation. We literally see that as the uh, window to to data and transaction mm-hmm. uh, rather than a, a credit card uh, cool. per se. Okay. Um, but you're right. I mean, uh, and, and we're working with we're continuously working with banks to make sure that you know the the payment tool becomes easier to and more accessible mm-hmm. to the people on the streets to literally any any sectors or segments of of society. Cool. Yeah. And and so 
going along that narrative of uh, technology, digital payments, what are some examples of successful partnerships that you guys have done, perhaps in the fintech or, or bank side, that have accelerated that narrative for you guys here in Vietnam? Yeah. So for us, um, so we know a lot of banks are looking to drive towards a digital, you know, digital banking, mm-hmm. neo banking, and we've seen that across the world, from Europe to Singapore. Um, a lot of uh, non banks are getting their digital bank licenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, here in Vietnam, uh, we see that banks themselves are looking to go digital, uh, mobile first. You know, uh, digital first has been a um, uh, initiatives that we've been talking to banks about. Right? It's not about you know you walking to a branch. Right? It's about how does the bank serve you better through your phone, through the medium that you as a consumer is most um, comfortable with. Um, and that, by and large, given the uh, the segment and the growth of the millennials and and the penetration of phones and internet, mm-hmm. um, that by and large has become mobile first, uh, or we call it digital first. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, uh, you know, so we bring some of our solutions to banks because to go from a traditional bank, so to speak into a digital bank, um, there are a lot of enhancements that the banks will need to do uh, from, you know, just how they identify you, you know, how do they, um, you know, make sure that you are you uh, and you're not someone with the KYC, right, Uh, through the phone. Mm -hmm. um, And when you call into the uh, contact center of the bank or when you walk into the branch, you know, how do they then uh, bring this across the different, different channels? As bank opens up the different channels, how do they make sure that you're not remembering like five different passwords and remember all of these? So we have solutions to help banks to have a standardized, simplified way uh, to identify the person mm-hmm. through biometrics, uh, using AI to see even the way you hold the phone, for example. So if you lose the phone and someone else takes the phone and they type you know, differently from the way you type, you know, there's a flag to the to the banks and says, hmm, you may want to check this closely. This may or may not be that person. So all this, while the consumers don't see it, but it brings a more safety security to the transactions and the way the banks will interoperate with you or, or you know, transact with you. And also, you know, be, uh, you know, better customer experience because you're not asking like five different things on the phone. You know, in the old days, you know, it was always a balance between security and experience. Like, if you want great experience, it's not great security because then you are minusing some steps, mm-hmm. right? But if you want a, you know, great, uh, you know, uh, uh, steps, uh, great security, then it's like you know, customers to do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So we always on the uh, forefront of trying to marry the two objectives um, and putting customer first, um, you know, experience first, so that the banks can serve the customers better. Mm-hmm. So, but yet not, you know, risking the transactions and still, you know, safety security of the transactions still comes. Yeah foremost for us. I was about to say, I think KYC in Vietnam is, is fairly tricky because in the yeah. US, let's say, where I'm from, uh, there's decades of credit scores yes. and um, KYC that banks could do very, very quickly. Yes. I mean, I've heard of a lot of technology companies in Vietnam. Uh, there's one that comes to mind actually called Trusting Social. They yes. use like bank or telco information, I think, to yes. produce Credit scores. Credit scorings, yes. Um, <laughs> not sure how detailed or effective those have been. I, I'm not too sure about the workings of that company, but I do know they've they've grown tremendously over the last few years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's an interesting space and a, a question that a lot of people have because uh, things like corporate governance, KYC, fraud, I'm sure is rampant in Vietnam, unfortunately, uh, although it's improving uh, dramatically over the last uh, few years with the helps of uh, fintechs and digital payments solutions like, uh, like MasterCard. 
Um, that's great. Well, um, you know, talking at a, at a more macro level, uh, and you're seeing a lot of these transaction volumes. I'm not sure if you're you're open to sharing those today, but um, <laughs> I mean, what progress from like a like a numbers point of view or a macro level? You know, not too much about like regulation or or initiatives that are being done that make you believe that Vietnam is making significant progress to becoming a cashless society? What, what are those trends that you're seeing from a consumer level? Yeah, so um, so we've seen that, uh, you know, the, the digital, digital growth, uh, the e-commerce growth, digital growth, digital payments growth has been on a very, very high uh, uh, double digits mm. uh, in Vietnam. Mm. Uh, very Annually. high, fastest growing. Annually, okay. yes. Uh, fastest growing uh, in this region. Mm. Um, so that's been very, very bullish uh, for us. Obviously, COVID aside, mm-hmm. um, I think that globally there's been impact uh, to COVID uh, this year. Uh, this is an unprecedented year for us. Um, I think for both MasterCard and the market, and the Vietnam market, you know, has been so um, uh, growing by leaps and bounds, obviously, but on a small base, uh, right? Um, I mean, you can't compare the growth to, um, uh, you know, this is the ex- exponential compared to, you know, more mature markets like the U.S. or, or Singapore. Uh, but and that's, but there's huge room uh, to grow. Um, having said that, even though, uh, you know, this year has been quite a challenging year, uh, where we don't see tourists, you know, we don't see people traveling. I, I was um, about to say, like, I mean, you don't have to share, but maybe broadly speaking, what is the breakdown between international MasterCard spend and domestic MasterCard spend in Vietnam? Is that, I mean, are you seeing trends? Maybe you can share there a little bit. Yeah. You kind of so, hinted at it. <laughs> the international one just collapsed probably. Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> Collapse is probably a good word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we still, you know, it's, it's barely on the minimum, mm-hmm. right? Uh, just because there's no one traveling in and out. Um, so it's, it's, it's gone down to, and it's not just Vietnam, it's, it's globally, um, you know, and until we get, I think, you know, improvements or vaccines or what have you so on the, on the macro level, I mm-hmm. think that's still going to be very challenging for us. Mm-hmm. Um, for us though, uh, having said that on the domestic level, we've seen, um, the growth back to, uh, pre COVID levels. Mm-hmm. Um, now the second phase aside, um, you know, after the first, you know, wave, that we've seen, uh, Vietnam has very quickly kind of recovered, mm-hmm. right, uh, from, from that wave, mm-hmm. you know, thanks to the effective measures of the government. I think people were uh, very confident. And so, you know, towards like Q2, uh, before the, the second wave, well, we've already seen, um, you know, trends were getting back to pre-COVID levels for domestic, mm-hmm. um, especially for online spend. Uh, and then the second phase happened, and now we're also seeing, you know, uh, Signs that we're going to get back to to to, to the pre-COVID levels. Mm-hmm. So I think you know um, domestically we're very bullish, mm-hmm. uh, but of course without the international spends, um, you know uh, companies like us where you know we do bring the value proposition, you know of connecting people uh, not just domestically and globally. Mm-hmm. So part of our value proposition is it's it's um, you know not not fulfilled or not not used or not leveraged. Uh, enough in this environment, but we're happy that you know uh, we're seeing you know domestic growth again, um, and hopefully sometime next year, and hopefully earlier part of next year. I'm hoping that you know things will get hopefully back to normal. Yeah, uh, for us, yeah. Great, that's great to hear. Yeah, I, I remember when um, I used to own a restaurant in Saigon, so it was right. always funny to see, or interesting, not funny, to see uh, the breakdowns of spend across uh, credit card or just cards in general to. Yeah. Um, cash yes. cash payments, even bank transfer occasionally. And, and uh, I, I was part of that restaurant for a couple years. 
And um, just being on the ground in the media company, obviously we can see it, but uh, the shift to, to spending on cards has been astronomical. I, I would say in double digits as well. So yes. it's great to hear that you yes. guys are seeing that gr great growth. Um, you know, we're talking a lot about the positives here. I think, um, what are some of the challenges that MasterCard's facing in the market? I, I think, uh, you know, there's regulation. I don't think that's a, as a negative necessarily. I think it's something to work with the regulators to yep. make sure that's secure and safe and, and uh, primed for long-term stability. Um, but maybe on the consumer side, you can share what are what are some of those challenges that you're seeing? Is it like points of adoption? Is it um, people just not seeing the value of of accepting digital mm. payments and mm. and card payments? Um, maybe you can share about that. Yeah, no, so that's a great question. And actually, uh, you know, you bringing up the restaurant is probably a good segue mm. uh, to dimensionalize that. Um, so honestly, I think for us, the biggest challenge is still uh, consumer behavior. Mm -hmm. uh, as you rightly pointed out, this is still a very cash-based economy, right? Um, and depends on the sector, it's as high as 80%, mm. uh, still very cash-based. Okay. Um, so we're constantly, us and you know other industry players are constantly trying to drive uh, cashless and the benefits of cashless. But it's both ways, right? It's both the merchant uh, acceptance um, and also the consumer. I think consumer behavior, you know, once you show the benefits and the use, the ease of use, um, you know, and, and that's why we've seen, you know, great adoption or greater adoption. Uh, but I think one area that we all still need to work uh, towards, and we as in like the industry still need to work towards, uh, is really the merchant adoption. There's been, um, you know, hesitation in certain merchants to accept cash, uh, cashless uh, digital payments. Mm -hmm. uh, we've also seen, um, you know, some of them, you know, putting on a surcharge uh, to uh, accept right. cash, which is like... That's technically illegal, isn't it? Or... In the US, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually not. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, it's 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 not something that that can and should be done. And the typical, what are the typical fees in Vietnam? Is it like the global standard, like two two and a half percent plus a fixed fee? Yeah, so uh, I will say the fees here is actually quite comparable uh, to to the global uh, standard. So it's not way too astronom astronomical. Uh, but I think, and we've seen this even in some of the countries when they start adopting uh, cashless, that um, they think that oh, you know, there's a there's this fee that I'm paying, but actually that they forget that there's a cash uh, there's a cost to cash handling uh, the cash handling the cash, the cash losing the cash yeah uh, a lot of thefts, fraud probably yeah. thefts right um restaurants you know your staff mm. may say that you know oh we lost that amount but was it really lost or was it really that you know your staff <laughs> was you know you know so a lot of things i'm not saying every I, restaurant i can tell you now it's happened multiple times and the excuse is always exactly as you said and um i i'm, I'm a huge proponent of cashless because that two, three percent, whatever you're paying, that's an administrative cost saving, you could say. Yeah. Or instead of paying that in overhead, you can yes. just pay to a processor, which like uh, alleviates that 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 kind of whole process yes. for you. Exactly, exactly. the yeah, whole yeah. processing cost, or, or you know, uh, the unforeseen cost, yeah. right? That gets into that. And I, and the other thing for us, uh, why we're also pushing digital payments and and how we're trying to educate the merchant is that cash. Um, is not re recorded. I mean, okay, so you have your recording. I'm not saying that you don't do your bookkeeping, right? Mm -hmm. But, um, uh, you know, it's, it's still very paper-based manual recording, right? But for digital payments, um, everything is recorded online, right? Mm -hmm. The bank has your records. It's all just printed out. 
And so, you know, one of the biggest gripe of an SME is to get uh, funding, mm. credit. Mm. You know, it's a vicious cycle and I don't think a lot of SMEs realize that, right? Without proper bookkeeping and recording mm -hmm. and um, so-called history, and you know, um, accepted uh, or acknowledged uh, forms of documentation, mm -hmm. right? Rather than something that you write by hand yeah. uh, versus something that the bank gives you as a statement, right? So all these are like accepted, you know, uh, forms of documentation mm -hmm. uh, that the bank wants to see and a records of proof, records that you have a growing, thriving business rather than, hey, come to my restaurant and see the people, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So all these are proof that the banks mm -hmm. will like um, you know, for them to do the credit evaluation. Yeah. Do, do the Vietnamese businesses care though? I mean, like, I mean, there's caring and then knowing. Yeah. I think ignorance <laughs> is bliss, I think, for these consumers yeah. because it's been decades of cash-based payments and um, they're, they're cool with that. But I think the benefits, you know, we talk about the administrative cost saving, the access to credit, um, all these different things. What education is MasterCard doing to communicate that? Because I, I think, you know, for us to talk about, okay, great. Yeah. But yeah. what are you doing at the boots and ground level uh, to, do, you know, that, to do that? Like, do you have sales teams that go communicate that to merchants? <laughs> I mean, yeah. maybe, maybe not. Like, what does that look like in practice? Yeah. So, uh, so let me touch on uh, the earlier question first on whether do they care? Mm. Do the merchants care? I think that's a great question mm -hmm. um, because they care when they want credit, mm. right? And then they... It's very reactive. It's very reactive mm. because we speak to quite a few SMEs on the ground and credit is always the number one, like, you know, access to financing or even just like what you, you spoke about earlier, right? It's very difficult to even get like a credit card, mm -hmm. right? You have to put some collateral and then I give you some credit, right? But it's a vicious circle uh, mm. again, right? It's a vicious cycle. So they care when they want credit, uh, and then they go, oh, I need this, but I don't have this. Now what I do? Collateral. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the best thing the bank can well, ask for That's why you. loans are still so popular in Vietnam. Like yes. I remember there's this company called F88. It's like, um, it's a, I've never been to it, but uh, it's essentially, I don't want to say loan shark, but it's a loan business and the interest rates are massive. But I think Vietnamese people, because uh, the behavior is very reactive when they yeah. need it, they're willing to pay you, higher you fees for it. it they get kind of, yes. you know, they pay a lot of money for it. But Correct. if you actually just have, you know, even decent credit or even a history, you know, the, the rates are much lower, I'm sure, yeah. and access and... Yeah. Exactly. So, mm. so for us, it's exactly that, right? So once you have, you know, long-standing credit, six months, 12 months, 24 months, 36 mm. months, I don't know, right? Whatever the bank requires, mm -hmm. right? But really, you know, once you have that proof of a thriving business, mm -hmm. there's no reason why a bank would not want to lend to you. Do, do I mean, young it, people, I mean, aside businesses aside, do young people care? I mean, like, think about, let's say, you know, you're a young Vietnamese person, you just finished uni, you're making 10, 15 million a month. What is the incentive for them to build that history? So, uh, so you're right. So I think for young people, again, they don't realize it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they'd be like, oh, I have a debit card. It works just as well, which is great, right? Mm -hmm. But then over time, you may want to get, you know, buy a bigger purchase. You want to buy, you know, a house or something. So again, all of this needs history. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you pointed out earlier about, you know, bureau and some of these things that are not necessarily here. So with the lack of that, all the more it's very important to have some sort of a history with any bank or any filed or anything that's uh, recognized mm -hmm. and not just my mom said that I'm good. 
you know. So, exactly, yeah. um, or my friends say that you know I'm a good paymaster because I always pay back my, you know, whatever I borrow from them. So, so all these are important. Um, I think you know back to your question earlier about education. Mm. So we do have materials, you know, forums like this. You know, um, uh, going down to the streets or working with banks, working with fintechs, um, anytime that we can get, uh, or working with regulators and all, mm-hmm. anytime that we have an, uh, you know, an avenue uh, to speak more about it, to drive the importance of it. So I've been on, you know, some different panels, mm-hmm. uh, speaking to SMEs especially, uh, even you know, entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs. Um, it, it's it's almost like an aha moment for some of them because just like. Well, I didn't think of it that way. I'm like, yeah, it's, you know... It's, I see it's, that. It's huge. I mean, on, on Vietcetera, on our media channel, um, we have about a million readers per month-ish kind of thing. And actually, since April especially, and I've always been an advocate for it uh, as a CEO, but since April, I guess when people were losing their jobs, getting pay cuts, yes. they're all looking for ways to invest and to save money. Yes. Anything related to personal finance and careers skyrocketed on the website, like uh, on both organic channels, search channels and all that. And I think there's a trend emerging where young Vietnamese people, again, in a reactive way, and you can't blame them. I think young people are always reactive, um, that they're exploring new ways to save, spend, invest Mm. money. And a lot of it is fundamentally just through education and understanding how things like credit and payments and, and, and banks work and um, unfortunately, more of an opportunity, I would say, but uh, a, a lot of, you know, um, traditional companies in Vietnam in that industry have not yet done that. Mm. And I think, um, again, speaking from an outside perspective, uh, commenting on it, that's a huge opportunity yeah. for um, a company, a brand, a, a group to really own, yeah. um, knowing that Gen Z and millennials are the largest category and they're open to listening. Yes. I think they're yes. reactive, but at least open to listening. Yes. Um, so it's great to hear that you guys are doing some work yeah. there and, and, and trying to communicate that yeah. at, at a larger scale. Yeah. Um, Still I mean, a lot of work to be done. Of course. By all of us. Uh, you yeah. know, this is just literally, like I said, the tip mm. of the iceberg. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I recognize there's a lot of work still to be done. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I was going to ask this question earlier, but we got a little bit off track. I mean, uh, you talk about Masterhood's growth and could you share a little bit about like the team and what the size of your ambitions are? Like how many, how many people you have here? You know, what do your offices look for like Indochina, your footprint in the country uh, from an internal point of view? What does that look like? So the way MasterCard structures is that the team uh, on the ground mm-hmm. uh, in the countries, we call them you know, we call ourselves satellite offices, mm-hmm. um, is pretty lean, mm-hmm. uh, in fact, very lean. Mm-hmm. Uh, we leverage a lot of um, support, uh, subject matter experts uh, from the region, and mm-hmm. our regional office is in Singapore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'm, I was, I'm posted from the region. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, so for, us, for example, for us here, um, you know, I have, not, I have a very small team here, mm-hmm. and most of my team are focused as frontliners. So mm-hmm. we're like account managers or business right. development, um, where we are literally like facing clients. Yes, yeah. sales and marketing. When you say clients, who are those clients? So our clients are banks. Um, so banks are our traditional clients. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're actually a B to B to C company. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, and I think that's also the other uh, myth people are always confused perception. about that. But it's like Correct. you guys are the business. <laughs> So the next business, which is the bank, and the yes. bank is the retail client. 
correct for the consumer. Correct for the consumer. Yeah. Correct. So, like for example, we and that's why I started by saying, you know, we don't, we are neither a credit nor a card company because we actually don't issue the card. It's like uh, any bank in Vietnam. You guys are the processor. The we are the processor. We're the network, right? And so, if you hold a Mastercard and you go into any merchant and you see that Mastercard sign, be it you know in Vietnam or outside of Vietnam, we are the connecti- uh, connectivity between the banks. You know, that's an interesting branding thing, though, because. As a consumer who knows, let's say, nothing about this, right? I mean, I mean, personally, I know much more. But for most of the average people, they, you know, they would think like, "Oh, Mastercard is the yes. one," you know. Correct. But, but no, it's actually like you know, Vietcom Bank or it's like Vietcom uh, yes. Bank or Techcom Bank or whatever. That they and, will be the one that's issuing. Yeah. Correct. So I mean, yeah. I'm I'm not sure if you guys have done studies about this, do, but do consumers know like? I, mean, I would say, by and large, yeah, not really. Not really. Yeah. Okay. And is, um, is that an opportunity or a challenge for you guys? Would you say? Actually, we're not honestly. Um, so we will we will continue to build our branding, mm-hmm. um, just more from the acceptance side of it. Mm. Uh, but for us, it's actually twofold. Uh, number one, we you know. Uh, banks are our clients so, mm-hmm. and uh, banks and you know even even fintechs and other partners right even now we've gone into non-bank mm-hmm. uh, you know like telcos and all are potentially our clients mm-hmm. so so you know um, uh, by and large you know given that you're, we're a payment technology company mm-hmm. um, you know it's not too critical for us to get our branding out there mm-hmm. uh, in fact there are a lot of solutions that we are providing uh, to banks and fintechs and, and, and other industries that um, you know it literally uses our technology and our brand is hidden mm. right um so uh that's one part of our business that we're we're, we're fine with it but on a more consumer end uh, we do still want to continue to build a brand more because from a customer remembrance and acceptance that like, oh when i see it oh i know i can pull up my car or i can use ones. my phone and you know yeah, yeah. Uh, my watch or, or, or phone i mean and stuff. I, i'm the same way I, I think out of my portfolio i have two cards i have a visa and i have a mastercard mm. and i do have an american express but it's not really taken here, so <laughs> I, I don't use it. Um, but sometimes I see like, you know, promotions, for example, like yeah. Citibank partnered with MasterCard. Yeah. You know, you guys spend here, you get a discount. I mean, that's a bit more um, uh, incentive driven. But even from a branding point of view, if you see, oh, MasterCard's accepted here in the window. Yes. You know, it's just like an instinctual thing that you might more likely pay for MasterCard. Or when you have your... Uh, you know, you get your check, you know, yes. they come with a leather booklet or whatever it's called and it, it, it puts the big logo there. You're like, okay, I'm going <laughs> to, <laughs> yes. you know, you don't, you don't make that decision, but you just, it's instinctual, right? Yes. So, correct. Correct. Yeah. Correct. It's, it, it's, you're right. And, mm. and it should come into a point that it becomes a habit, mm. right? So we're mm. trying to build that habit. Mm. Um, as you said, right. Um, the, uh, you know, the digital payments is still growing here. Mm-hmm. So it's not an instinct that people still think of cash, right? You open your wallet and see how much do you have, even though it's like, you know, all the brands are there that you can actually accept. So we try to build that habit mm-hmm. um, that one day, so you like, you know, you, you know you're from the States and you know, even Singapore, you don't even think about it. Like you just pull out a card. Mm-hmm. I, I literally can live with like $2 or two sing dollars in my wallet. Uh, but everywhere is either tap or, you know, uh, you know phone or tap or anything, uh, you know watch mm. you know uh in and we want to get to that level yeah. uh in vietnam I'm, i mean i'd be very curious and maybe you guys have that information uh i'm just kind of speaking out loud here uh, thinking out loud um what the perception of vietnamese consumers are related to brands like visa mastercard american express american express is probably zero here but um just like what is that that feeling when you know i'm very curious uh 
I mean, if you had to share just in a very short bit, yeah. what does MasterCard mean for Vietnamese consumers? So, um, so I think for, for, for Visa for ourselves, when we've done a, uh, about, you know, a brand tracking, um, I think maybe largely for cards, uh, we're good for travel. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, they've the associated, yeah, yeah, so they've associated with us with travel, mm-hmm. um, either from, you know, the messaging that we've sent out or your actual experience when you go overseas, where you don't, you don't want to be settled with all the different currencies, right? Like and access, that card becomes, convenience. Yeah, yeah, so it becomes very convenient, it becomes very safe, like losing a card is different from dropping cash on the ground, right? right? Where you can call the bank and say, hey, please block my card. So mm-hmm. uh, so we're known for, um, so far, good for travel. Um, I think also good for online mm-hmm. uh, purchases. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's also been uh, growing for us. So again, but these are still very nascent uh, categories, right? Uh, we hope that at least for MasterCard, one day we're known for everyday, uh, you know, transactions and purchases. Or you are already, but how to just like... How really to just, drive yeah, we're already <laughs> there for certain segments, yeah. um, you know, but we want to make sure that it's more. And that's where the opportunity the in Vietnam is, especially because yes. if you can capture the the customer at the uh, at a younger age, uh, yes. with, uh, with things that habit. resonate with them, yes. like you know, Correct. young people, they're spending on travel, eating out, yes, you know, maybe smaller transactions, and then um, you can capture them, then be like a partner with them, right? Yeah. Yep. And they can grow over time. And when they're like 30 years old, they're buying a refrigerator, a TV. You yes. know, that's when you guys make a lot more money, right? So I think... Uh, <laughs> it'll get know, there. It'll very, get there. Yeah, yeah. Very sooner yeah. rather than later. And that's, that's the exciting yeah. opportunity in Vietnam, I yes. would say, because yes. adoption compared to the global standard is just so low. So low. Which is yes. an exciting opportunity. And yes. I think, you know, to, 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 you know, kind of recap today's conversation, we're nearing the end of today's session uh, with Winnie today. Um you know, there's a lot of banks, fintech companies, digital payment solutions, uh, card processors, every, all you guys in this entire ecosystem really looking at the Gen Z millennial. And you guys are like, wow, it's exploding in Vietnam. And it's really one of the last frontiers when it comes to that massive growth. Yeah. And uh, luckily, not just from a population size, but also spending power. Yes. Uh, Vietnamese um, Consumers at a young level, they're getting more job opportunities, yep. super high economic growth. Yes. Their salaries are rising. You know, yes. if you compare it to other countries of the world with COVID, especially dampening some of their um, uh, kind of at least the next two years, whereas Vietnam is still GDP, you know, at least growing. So, yes. you know, super excited for you guys. You know, welcome to Vietnam, Winnie. You've been Thank here you. a few years already, but welcome <laughs> to. Um, you know, uh, to we're excited to have leaders like you here in the market and driving this innovation. Uh, hence the name Vietnam Innovators. Don't forget that, guys. Um, and looking at the greater ecosystem and fintech, um, we're super keen to to have you here today, Winnie. And I'm sure our followers will have more questions and 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 all that later uh, that maybe we'll pass on to you after. Sure. Um, do you have any like final words that you, you might want to share with with our readers today about like Mastercard Vietnam? Like, what should they remember about what you guys are doing here? Yeah, so thank you, Hao, and you know it's been a yeah, very interesting session. Uh, even for me, I think this chat has been uh, really good, and you know trying to send that message out there. I think for us, uh, number one, you know we'll continue to invest uh, and thrive in this country, uh, bringing in our payment solutions, uh, innovative payment solutions. 
uh, that banks and fintechs may or may not be exposed to uh, yet. So we hope to bring more and more as we grow and develop more and more, you know, innovative solutions. You know, some other things we are not even, you know, may not even be in the market yet, you know, mm -hmm. but definitely uh, we're at the forefront of, of, of that cutting technology. And that, uh, you know, with the growth of Vietnam, like, like you rightly pointed out, right, uh, not just only from the population size, but even the growing uh, millennials, the growing handphone penetration, you know, largest middle-sized class, um, you know, fastest-growing middle class uh, that we're seeing in this region. So all points towards a very, very exciting uh, future for us. Um, and so, um, yeah, happy to, to stay connected. Um, any questions, uh, let us know. Um, uh, we're happy to share, you know, whatever we can um, and whatever we, you know, need to drive uh, and thrive in this country. Cool. So thank well, you. Well, excellent. Uh, thanks, everyone, for joining and especially to MasterCard and Winnie here. Tune in for next week's episode on Vietnam Innovators. Thank you. Thank you. We'd also like to give a big thanks to our sponsors, GeoHealth, our launch partner in this new series. Geo is one of the must-watch innovators in the technology and healthcare space in Southeast Asia. They are best known for their doctor-at-home services, introducing the likes of a new smart clinic at M Plaza in Saigon. For those interested in watching the technology and healthcare space, they are definitely one of the ones to watch.